Hey, welcome, welcome to the 41st, still sounds crazy to say that, 41st episode of the We All Serve podcast. I'm your co-host, Sean Fine, here with this handsome fellow with uh, a different background than usual, uh, Angel. Yeah. Welcome back to yeah. We All Serve. Where are you joining us from? I'm a little south of you. If you wave, if you turn south and wave from Texas, you can probably see me. I'm down in uh, Cabo San Lucas. And I'm, Angel, uh, I'm I, a lieutenant. I don't know sense of direction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's where the food is much better. Where the food is much better. Okay. <laughs> that I can do. That I can do. I can keep track of that. There we go. Well, it's good that you're joining us um, from here. And um, before we get into this week's episode, um, I do want to give a shout out um, regarding next week's episode, as we always do episode 42 with Monica McNeil. Angel, you want to tell us about Monica? Yeah, Monica, I just had dinner with her last night down here in Cabo, and uh, we talked about uh, some of the subjects that we discussed and uh, her impact. She's uh, Monica's a gold star mother, um, and she's taught me so much about how to interact with with uh, spouses that have, or, or family members that have lost someone. And um, she's also, she was a, a Nordstrom executive, sales exec, and she, you know, had uh, lost her son, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And she got on board with Floor Block, and Floor Block is an organization that works under the, uh, Columbia. I think Dave Rader, one of our previous guests, was on the staff with her there. And she, she's just such a good person. And now she works in, uh, she consults with Microsoft and military spouses, and helps them find careers and tasks with Microsoft. That's awesome. I'm super excited to have Monica. So Monica will be joining us next week. Same, uh, same time, same place. So definitely looking forward to that. And as always, however you're tuning in, make sure you're clicking a rate, um, subscribe, share. Um, because if you're finding this content of value, I guarantee you somebody else will as well. And we've been doing now we're into the uh, 40s of episodes, which is exciting. Thousands of people have benefited from this program where we talk about service. We talk about experiences in service. We talk about ex experiences coming out of service and always a lesson learned um, from everybody. And I know today's conversation will be no different. But uh, again, before we get into it, so Angel, I know you've, uh, you, you're always uh, out there advocating all that sort of good stuff. You're always having interesting conversations. What are you hearing out in the, uh, in the world of veterans, in the world of veteran employment? Anything interesting? Um. I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, headway that's happening. There's a lot of different organizations that are kind of getting getting the right message and moving the, the moving the ball. Like our friend Jennifer Garrett says all the time, moving the ball. Um, I think that they're understanding that uh, they military veterans add are are more of a um, a value add to their organization. I hate using the word value because it's so overplayed, but uh, more they enhance the uh, posture of the organization and 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 really optimize the uh, organization's ability to perform and exceed what they they normally would have. And it's just really exciting to watch happen. And one of the organizations that helped us was, you know, with our guest today, uh, Christian Anschutz and uh, with uh, four block of which I'm a proud uh, alumni. And one thing that he always says is like, we need to change the narrative. We need to show these people what it's really like to, um, to hire these, these, these exceptional professionals. It's not about hiring heroes. It's about, hiring professionals that make your company better. So let's go ahead and bring, but before we bring Christian in, we want to remind everyone to share, like, um, subscribe, um, call a friend, phone a friend, 
text, tweet, whatever you got to do to uh, keep our programming going. Um, if you're involved and you're watching today, you want to send a shout out or uh, want to have a question or something, please, please just go ahead and message Shalom. We love the engagement. So it really gets us jazzed and excited about the, the program that we do. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm glad you mentioned about the comments because the feedback really makes this into a conversation. And I know Christian has a lot to add. So with that, I bring him on to the screen over here. Here is the uh, the handsome fellow himself. So Christian Anschitz is an award-winning chief digital officer and market futurist. And uh, he has been a catalyst behind game-changing transformation initiatives that have revolutionized uh, companies um, in uh, information services and have, uh, again, leveraged leading-edge technology and open innovation to like customers, create brand differentiation, and enable outstanding profit and revenue growth. Um, he is a, uh, is a veteran himself. He is a United States Marine Corps Commission officer who founded Project Relo, a uh, philanthropic organization that helps veterans transition from military service to civilian and corporate lives with the help of partnering companies and CEOs. And we actually just had that conversation last week with Jim Vasilopoulos, who uh, I was just telling Christian offline. Um, Jimmy V. Jimmy V, that's right. Jim, what a great episode. That was awesome. So make sure you're finding that episode and finding the, uh, the pod and sharing it. But uh, Christian is uh, quite the consummate professional and leader of leaders. Uh, he's known for inspiring confidence, credibility, relationships, and action. And he has been an adjutant uh, professor, uh, an adjunct professor at the renowned University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, teaching state-of-the-art marketing studies to MBA students. Um, he's a quoted authority in leading publications like Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Computer World, and so many others. And he was finally identified and featured as the first non-CEO tech titan by CIO Magazine, named Computer World Premier 100 winner, and noted for success in several case studies by Microsoft, Intel, HP, and Oracle. What an honor to have you on the program, Christian. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to see you both. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a chance to guess at this. Uh, if I could be in person with one of you, who do you think I would pick right now? Just pop quiz. I don't know. Fort, Fort Bliss is pretty, pretty, pretty sexy, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you got all that green and... And all that marching, I don't know. You got duffel bags, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. Hey, you know what? That bio was really impressive. But let me tell you what one thing that when when um, people speak about Christian, what they say, and and for me, it's personally true. He answers the mail. <laughs> when I called Christian, and said, "Hey, man, I need a guest speaker." Hey, man, I need this. And Christian's like, "Yeah, what do you need, bro? We got you. Let's go." And 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 help you solve problems and work through things as and and I want to thank you for that, Christian, because that was. You know, you came through for me a bunch of times. Well, thank you. And thank you for the kind words The the, you know, all those, uh, it means a lot. Uh, that's, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, I guess if I can roll right in, I got to know what the hell, what were you thinking? Where did Project Reload, the idea come from? Because it's such a great thing. I mean, obviously there was a need for it and there's continues to be a need with Ron, Ron in the mix. But what, what was the, the, the catalyst for you coming up with that idea? If you could talk about the organization. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, how long is this uh, podcast? Because what, what actually framed it was actually a, a little bit of an event. Um, I could get to it in 60 seconds, I suppose, you, if you really want to hear Perfect. the story. Yeah, right, yeah, well, I, I want to know what, why I got so lucky to go to one of these retreats. I was like, man, this is a pretty cool thing. <laughs> what came with that? So, <laughs> Well, uh, all right. So, I, you know, it, it, it goes back. I go back in time a uh, number of years. Project Relo was founded. I think we've been a charitable 501c3 for five years, uh, going on six maybe. 
and it's weird that I don't remember that, but uh, it's uh, somewhere around that five years. Uh, look, it all started probably 2014. And, uh, and again, I'm just direct, I'm candid. So I'm going to do that here. I'm going to do that now. I was at an event where there was just a, a, a bunch of C-level executives, right? And, uh, and I've been very fortunate, probably more fortunate and given more grace than I deserve in life. And I just, it, it, one of those moments where I was a bunch of, with a very, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, powerful group of individuals and uh, in a box event and a sporting event in uh, uh, downtown Chicago. And, uh, and I just had one of those days and I was having a moment and I was just thinking about, here it is very direct. I was just thinking about the sad state of leadership in corporate America. And I was just kind of scanning the room and I was uh, looking around and I was wondering to myself, how many of these people have been formally trained in leadership? Now, I personally believe you can make leaders. You can be born with aptitudes, all sorts of aptitudes, but you can also be made in the case, this case specifically a leader. But it requires leaders to dedicate themselves to continuous development. And I was wondering, did any of these people actually have the military service where that becomes sort of your part of your DNA, where you continue to train and practice at leadership in order to prove yourself. Because remember, I mean, leadership done right becomes a force multiplier for the organizations that they serve. Anyway, so I talked to these, let's call it 40 executives. And, uh, you know, how many, how many of those executives do you think were uh, former military members? I'd say maybe two, maybe. Yeah, one, and it was me. And, you know, and, 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 and I just had this, uh, this, this epiphany that these, there's great, great leadership in, in every spectrum of humankind. And, and I'm not saying veterans have some sort of monopoly on it. What I am saying is veterans learn that you can learn leadership and that you must continue to practice and develop it. And, uh, and it occurred to me that that was a lesson that actually would serve our, our corporate leaders uh, well. And so I thought, why don't we do two great things at once? Why don't we teach leadership to these top corporate leaders, but have transitioning military members actually be their instructors? And that's how Project Relo came into being. Yeah, it was, having gone through it, it was just such a powerful thing. I remember on our mission that we had the, um, I think one of the buyers, we had the chief technology guy, Scott Emish from um, Microsoft, and uh, we had the, one of the head buyers for JCPenney. And I remember at the end of the day, you, you, you're running and gunning and doing insertion, insurgent chase downs and shooting guns and stuff. And at the end of the day, you had this big kind of circle, uh, kumbaya, um, uh, reflective moment. It was really awesome. And um, I remember she said, you know, I just thought we should hire them because they were heroes and we should hire heroes and we, we should hire these, these guys because we owe it to them. She's like, I had it all wrong. <laughs> and it was just such a powerful thing to hear. And I was like, dude, Christian's actually doing it. <laughs> That's so cool. And that was just one. I mean, that was just one of my missions. That was, yeah. So I was that experience in a, a overall, I mean, obviously an organization is still thriving, even though, you know, COVID kind of took the winds out of, of most of us. Um, do you feel that that was the overwhelming sentiment with most of the corporate partners and attendees? Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> we did piggyback off of some amazing, amazing work from uh, Edelman that had uh, done a veteran well-being study in 2017. It's an excellent study, but it, it was very clear. Uh, well, the study was excellent. The results were less excellent. And it essentially said, 
you know, the, the, the world looks at our veterans as someone who deserves thanks, classified as a hero. Uh, they don't see them as assets in the corporate world. And that's a real a shame and a real, uh, I think it's a real lost opportunity for the veterans and even more specifically for the businesses themselves. But I got to I gotta just redirect for just a second. So when you talk about Project Relo and you go, oh, we were shooting guns and doing insurgent takedowns and whatnot. Let, let me just explain now to your listeners what Project Relo uh, oh, does. Oh, yeah. Okay, please. I'm sorry. Yeah, because that, <laughs> I get all excited. Well, it was that, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But I, I, I want to make sure people understand what this is. So, again, the principle of this is we have we teach leadership to top corporate leaders, okay? And we use military veterans and transitioning active duty military members as the instructors, okay? And thereby we drive an understanding on both sides of what it takes to be one or walk a mile in the shoes of the other. And in the end, what it does for veterans, it makes those corporate leaders want to hire them and hire the, the, the men and women that serve our country because they see the real value in them. Now, how we do that, well, this is what Angel's talking about. It, it's it's actually really cool. It's very sexy. It's incredibly, incredibly effective. And that's what Angel's talking about. We've partnered with the United States Army and the Department of Defense. We uh, run multi-day field exercises on military bases with the support of the United States Army. And we do that uh, primarily in uh, out of uh, Michigan at Camp Grayling. And we run these multi-day field operations, right? And they include everything from well, sleeping in a barracks to convoy operations to uh, weapon handling, call for fire, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. And the whole process is to give an experience, but more importantly, to demonstrate not the tactical skills that are veterans have. That's almost the stage. What they really learn is the soft skills our military veterans have. And it's the soft skills that make all the difference in business, even though businesses, well, they say that, but that's not exactly how they hire it. And that's one of the reasons why Project Reload exists is because we're trying to change that paradigm, not just for veterans in that specific case, but to companies in general, get to know people and you'll have a fine, fine. You'll have a hard time disliking people. But machines are a terrible proxy for that. And that's pretty much what most HR departments use. Yeah, you always say uh, it's the hard skill or the soft skills that military veterans have that get the hard results. It's that's like right. a, uh, your personal slang. And they go, oh, you talked to Christian. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Thank you for so clarifying. On, on the missions, what's the most popular MRE? Steak. We just have steak. It's awesome. We have real meals. It's great. Yeah. Angel, that's yeah, no, a real deal. Yeah. No, we don't do steaks. Yeah, we eat MREs. Uh, you know, the, I, I actually, I don't know because there's not, they don't get through enough of them to have a favorite. But uh, believe me, every single time the MREs are handed out, the, the veterans want to grab their favorite. And in, 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 in reality, they actually don't. Because even in that small detail, the veterans make sure that the, the participants get taken care of first and then they grab their food, yeah. but they know which ones they want. And then there's usually lots of dialogue and fun. And, and if uh, someone throws a thing of charms out, they make sure no one touches it. <laughs> I will Chili, just, Mac. Chili Mac goes always the way. Chili Mac. So I will just share this though. When I went on through basic training at uh, Fort Benning. So it's very funny. Um, it was, I was in the reception battalion um, and just being in process. And I guess it, there was a tornado or something going on out, outside and we ended up in total lockdown. This is the first day I was there. I don't know if I even shared this ever with my family and we ended up having MREs and everybody's so excited to have an MRE. 
And then, yeah, fast forward like a week or two later. And when this had happened now several times, it's like, yeah, totally burnt out. So now I'm, I'm honestly scared of MREs. But anyway, it's exciting for the first time. It's all good. So Christian, I actually want to take it a couple of steps back. Um, and we we sort of jumped right into the Project Reload piece, which we will absolutely circle back to because I know it is how you, as we always say on this pod, continue to serve. That's the name of the show. We all serve. But ultimately, you took the steps early on in your career, um, to uh, to step up and you became a commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. Tell us about that journey, walking into a recruiter's office. Why did you join? And tell us a little bit about your service. Uh, okay, so I'll go way back in time and I'll be brief because uh, candidly, I'm not that interesting. But the, uh, the, the, the story, my story is actually, and which is why you're asking it, it's it's not my story that's so interesting. It's It's kind of the journey map, if you will, of so many of us. You know, my parents, they gave me a very modest kind of uh, upbringing, but they gave me everything I ever needed. And that included uh, home, lots of love, education and and other the most basic things that people need. And that education uh, was an expectation. But there was another expectation in my family, and uh, that was that uh, we would serve our country. My father was in the Navy. I had a brother uh, that was in the Army. In fact, he was uh, killed in action. I have a one uh, a flag and a and a, a head uh, not a headstone but a memorial stone and his name right next to me, and even in the face of that, uh, you know, it was without question I, I was going to uh, join as well. And so my dad was in the navy, my brother was in the army. I had to upstage them both and join the Marine Corps, which I did. And so uh, yeah, I went uh, directly from university. I went to University of Michigan, go blue, and uh, went immediately active duty Marine Corps, and I did a number of tours. Uh, therein. Wild, wild. And so what, what was your job in, uh, what was your MOS, your job? Yeah. So my job, I had the, uh, uh, again, a, a great fortune. I, I served in an amazing uh, unit under an amazing leader. Uh, and, uh, that person is, uh, was Colonel, uh, uh, Don Richardson. And the first unit was a lad battalion. So low altitude air defense, the put the uh, weapon on your shoulder and destroy anything that's flying over uh, overhead. It's the weapon, folks, if you're not into military history. Well, it would be the one force that almost universally is declared as the most important piece of equipment that won the war of the Afghans versus the Soviets. Um, and so that's uh, that was my initial uh, occupation. And then something happened. There was a drawdown. That's I was in for the first Gulf War. Then there was a drawdown and they started uh, riffing Marines because we were going from 212,000 to 176. And uh, and they basically had to compete to stay in. And and I was, again, fortunate. I uh, finished uh, at the top of uh, it was about 200 uh, officers at that time. And uh, they gave me a regular commission, which is in the Marine Corps, really, really rare. But what they did is they said, what do you want to do? You could pick any job in the Marine Corps. And that's where my life got very interesting. So I then uh, went into a totally new organization. It still exists, I believe, in some form. But uh, my job was running models and simulations. The Marine Corps' largest contract, bigger than planes, bigger than tanks uh, or weapon systems, it was the single largest contract, and it was models and simulations. And I was the OIC of that for a small number of years, three years or something. Why did you get out? Why did I get out? Well, I had a, a child born overseas. I had another one, uh, you know, born in a, in a military hospital. I had 
therefore a small family and uh you know you're gone a lot like a whole lot i i probably fooled myself and thinking that i was you know i was going to be a uh a a a very great father or something when I got out and therefore I was always going to be there. And I would have probably traveled as much as a civilian as I did in the Marine. So that my, my excuse for getting out was for my family. I think in the end uh, that probably actually didn't pan out that way. I think I'm going to the TMI space. Uh, I shouldn't do that. I, I'll let me back up. You didn't hear any of that. <laughs> I know that Michelle is really involved in a lot of the things that you do with regard to Project Reload. She's the co-founder, and uh, she also does works in digital transformation and technology and, as well as you do. So I think you guys probably had a little bit of that in common. But what I wanted to wonder, what, what I was wondering was, was it the training and simulations that you were doing that kind of led you into the digital space and the technology? It was, but let me just since people give shout outs during these casts and whatnot, this first time, by the way, I've heard casts, uh, angel. It's very cool. Very podcasty and or something. Uh, Hey, since you mentioned my wife, yeah, no, she wasn't uh, a co-founder. There were a number of co-founders. She's a great force behind it. And a, and a, and a great, uh, digital leader, as you said, can't say enough about my wife. I don't even think she's listening. So I'm just doing this for anybody who that is, by the way, managing director at Accenture also, you should talk to her. She's, 10 times smarter than I am and uh, more accomplished for sure. Uh, and with all that, uh, you know, I definitely got that, that kickstart of being in model and simulation to, you know, do, I guess it, it opened up a lot of doors, but nobody was looking for somebody with a, a community. I turned into a, a commo, a communication officer um, that was doing modeling and simulations. That wasn't, you know, back in 98, that wasn't like a, a, a thing. So I decided to, no. you know, I just was going to go out and I was going to uh, find myself a job and I leveraged what the Marine Corps had done for me. Uh, and I got a, a job pretty quick, but nobody came to offer me one. I was extremely aggressive getting out and said, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I chased down some companies, tricked them into hiring me. And the rest, shall we say, is history. What's it going to take to get those corporations that we work with to understand and really to change their model and change their way of doing business from being on the, on the C-suite um, and, and having been someone that's had your own transition journey, you've seen both sides of the spectrum. What is that sticking point that seems to affect companies the most besides HR? Cause we suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have issue with HR and I have uh, issues. I with just, too. uh, uh, you know, leaders uh, in general, especially uh, uh, the leadership in corporate America, I think it's actually uh, by and large terrible. Um, we could have a whole podcast of why that is, but let's just put it this way. I, I, you know, the, I, there needs to be more selfless leadership, more leadership that's not about self-interest. All right. So, uh, you know, with, with that, <laughs> with that out of the way, you, that pulled my string and that now I forgot what your question was because it's, uh, it was getting into my other favorite topic. What is the sticking point? What do you think? It, having been on both sides of the of the uh, yeah yeah the cycle. So, what, if you had to look at the pipeline and figure out what the sticking point is, besides obviously AT applicant tracking systems are not conducive to military veterans. What is that? What is that like speed bump that we that uh, that keeps military veterans from excelling in corporate America? Well, before I answer that about the corporate America stuff, to all of our uh, sisters and brothers in the armed services that are 
out and transitioning or transitioning, let me let me throw some uh, what I, at least Christians truth to you. First and foremost, you folks are part of the problem. When you're in the military, you're all brothers and sisters and you're like that. And that is real. That is absolutely real. And the camaraderie that we uh, that we mourn, essentially, when we transition out, we don't recreate it with our veteran communities on our own enough. So when we get out, we leave too much of it behind and we all need to take responsibility for that. But the other thing veterans you need to do before I get to the corporate side is stop acting like you're gonna get that next assignment. No one is gonna give you orders in CivDiv. It's not how it works. And so you have to immediately change that attitude of something that you were used to doing. You are an independent leader. Folks, if you're not military, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Military me uh, members are not command and control. If you believe that, you actually really don't understand the military end of story. But to our military members, uh, you, you've got to move from the fact that you used to get jobs, not orders, handed to you with orders and you would go and fulfill, to do something else that you hadn't had to do in that context, but you did all the time. Take initiative and be decisive and then go on the offensive to find out what you need. All too often, uh, veteran uh, sisters and brothers, you're sitting back waiting for something to happen. I, mean, I can't tell you how many veterans I talk to, and I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, I want to work with people. It's like, do your homework. Be more specific, folks, and then go on the offensive. So I'll stop there if you guys want to make any comments uh, about that before I go into uh, the corporate side. No, that was solid. And, and, and sitting back, and I've seen too many of our brothers and sisters in, in and it's um, almost expectation. And well, I, 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 one colonel I sat down with, he had his SPHR and his PMP. Why aren't people banging down my door? Because no one's going to bang down your door. It's, you have to go create relationships with those companies. So what you're saying is makes perfect sense to me. And, 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 and that's a good takeaway. I mean, we don't need to hear, you know, all the good stuff. We need to, there needs to be some element, especially on, on this uh, platform, of accountability and, and we don't do anyone any favors by telling them all the great stuff. I'm going to tell you why you suck. <laughs> That's going to be part of the equation too, because we all need it. We all need it. And, and Christian, aside for the, aside for that, as you talk about the, the, whether we say the challenges or, or Angel and I talk a lot about the sort of the opportunities as well, um, which I, I like to talk more on the positive side of things. Um, but what about the harder soft skills? And, and if you don't mind, just talk about from your personal experience. We'll talk about Project Relo and all that you guys are doing. We've already talked a little bit about it. What about you now looking back, however long later, maybe we won't say a specific number of years, but what are some of the things that you find yourself sort of looking back at your Marine Corps years at how you conduct yourself in business? Did it teach you anything? God, that's such a big question. Um, the answer is, of course, yes, as it has all of us. Um, you know, I, I am I'm incredibly grateful for the experience that I got while serving in the United States Marine Corps. And those weren't necessarily easy years. They weren't hard by the measure that some of our veterans go through either. But you, you're just you're not an active duty field Marine. And or, and I'm only speaking from Marines perspective. It's true for all the branches, I suppose, uh, without dealing with what most people would think would be just incomprehensible hardship. I'm not saying you would, I'm just, or other military veterans would, but most civilians would just consider it just unbelievable hardship. And, and despite that, the, and maybe because of it to some extent, um, mm. I feel that uh, I, I was, 
uh, almost bestowed, uh, you know, an ability to, you know, not sweat the small things, right? To have and develop, by the way, this is part of the leadership principles, at least in the Marine Corps, very specifically, and have a very, you know, be very conscious of my uh, presence of mind. And this built uh, in just a, a lot of resilience, I think, into me. And that, especially being the transformation business, is one of the most important skills you can have. And it's a, it is, in fact, a hard skill. It is not a soft skill. And it's certainly not an easy skill. One thing you put out, I, I was lucky enough to watch on LinkedIn, is and you put these nuggets out there and this information on your cast and and. Um, you have the, your little snippet videos and I'm like, man, I gotta get around to doing that. That's amazing. And, but it really, really struck me was the one you just did about intent, commander's intent and articulating that to in a business meeting. And can you talk a little bit about that? Cause it was really fascinating to me. I was like, it's so simple. It's just, it's so true. It just beats the sink. Yeah, it is a, it's, you know, Angel, it's such a, a, a great question. Uh, thank you. Uh, it, it actually spoke to the, the let's go full circle to back to the very beginning of this conversation. How was Relo founded? I was kind of in my uh, mind wincing about sort of the state of leadership that I had witnessed a number of things in the, in the previous uh, week and weeks. And, you know, I, um, I, 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 I'll tell you what, I get off on the, these these tangents and uh, and I'm losing my mind here. I'm sorry. What was your question? Because I'm going to go off on a totally another thing. I'm never going to even answer your darn question. Can we talk a little bit about your um, when you mentioned on your video about commander's intent and how uh, yeah, important sorry. it is, yeah. how we learn yeah, in so. the military? No, it's all okay. <laughs> so I, 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 was, I was just, <laughs> I, well, I know, but I'm doing it. Uh, that's twice in like 10 minutes. Uh, but I was just uh, thinking to myself how, like this most simple basic principles of leadership through intent, I wasn't seeing. And that's what, you know, was one of the founding factors of me wanting to found uh, Project Reload. But the whole idea of leadership of, within, uh, through intent is to express the, the thing that you want as a leader, as opposed to prescriptively saying, I need you to do this. Rather, you cast a picture or a statement that describes the outcome. You say, my intent is to do this thing. So I just in that snippet, I was talking to somebody who had raised uh, Jack Walsh as an example. Jack Walsh would uh, say, famously, we're going to be number one or number two in every market we play. That is an expression of intent. What it wasn't was him going, okay, and you're going to take this division, you're going to develop this product, you're going to sell that customer segment, and you're going to deliver this value, and you're going to blah, 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 blah. That was a high level of, of intent. And what that does is it allows leaders to really um, enable, unlock, truly empower uh, the people that work for them because they'll figure out how to accomplish your intent. Should they be trained and equipped and whatnot? They will find a way to do it and they will find a way better than any single leader possibly could. And the good leaders understand that and the good leaders lead with intent. That makes perfect sense because when I think about the Marines and I watch a couple of different TV shows and, and I've talked to a lot of military leaders and they say the commander's intent is to take over the airport. This is what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to leave it to my leaders in this company, in this division to figure out how that's going to happen. But here's the commander's intent. We're going to take that airport. And uh, and what you said to me, I was like, I can imagine Christian hearing those words and, and then taking it on the outside of commercial saying, here's what our intent is. This is what we're going to do with, with digital transformation and just spreading that out. 
Yeah, that you're very kind. You know, I, I can tell you every single mistake that's ever been made. I've made that mistake. Right. And that's why I think, <laughs> uh, you know, leadership, this is a this is a lifelong journey and study. Um, but, I, you know, the, I, I have tried to do that uh, and I have been sometimes more successful than others. The one thing that my career um, where I, my military service, something I'd learned there, commander's intent, and then something I learned post-military service uh, when I was in advertising fused so beautifully. And that was that when I served in um, advertising, how to maybe craft and, and, and shape words maybe a little bit differently. And so when you take intent and you make it and you cast it into the vision so that your vision is an expression of the intent, and you do it in, in a very compelling way, and it could be with words and other sorts of other tools and whatnot, you'll get people not only saying, I'm going to, it's my job, I'm gonna help figure out how to do that. You'll get people that want to be a part of it and truly lean into it, that they'll actually give more to accomplish it. And it's funny that I, and it's one of those things I wish I really knew when I was in the military, because I think what I probably was doing was a, was a poor job of casting intent. And I just learned how to do it better when I got out of the military, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're at the point in the conversation where I want to make sure that we are again, circling back over the project to reload piece. You've talked a lot about, you know, about your experiences, both in the military and out and uh, no doubt that you and, uh, and your wife uh, are continuing to, again, use those lessons and continue to, to help a lot of people. You're doing it through this amazing, amazing organization, which we have talked about on the, uh, Angel uses the term cast. I use the term pod, but, you know, you know potato, potato, <laughs> it's all good. Um, putting it up there on the screen, projectreload.org. So tell us, again, nuts and bolts over here, Project Reload. Who should be visiting the website? How can people help? How can people be involved? And most importantly, for veterans that are tuning in, how can what 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 questions should they be asking? Again, so many questions and so little time. Uh, so, as the the link says, you know, go to projectreload.org. Uh, that website has actually been uh, completely redone. We're just about to publish it, uh, not because of a pivot, but kind of a diversification, if you will, of our approach with uh, corporate America. But Look, the nuts and bolts of it is if you want to have the premier leadership uh, experience where it cements some of the most foundational, important leadership qualities, characteristics and traits in, in you and your behavior, um, then you should look at Project Relo uh, as, as an opportunity to do two things at once. Invest in yourself and invest in your understanding of an otherwise often underemployed workforce. Uh, within the United States, which is our military members, and understand that they are actually not it's, hiring a business social good. It's simply good for your business. And so, uh, yeah, projectreload.org. You can uh, email the CEO and leader uh, of uh, Project Reload. His name is Ron, and he is Ron, Ron at projectreload.org. Ron Schwartz. He is an amazing commercial leader, and he's uh, helping uh, Project Reload 
serve uh, both the education of the businesses and the executives, but then create uh, a capability to help the organizations. Angel, very similar to like what you were doing, but in more of a placement uh, capacity, help organizations connect with the veteran talent specifically for their needs. And so uh, that's uh, what we're doing. So if you're a veteran and you want to possibly uh, be made, uh, you know, part of the, the Relo network and possibly, possibly if you're that example, just absolutely great example, uh, uh, military member. Maybe we could even turn you into one of our veteran instructors for one of our missions. We have a 100% hit rate on all of our uh, military veteran instructors getting jobs. And the jobs that they've gotten have been absolute. No, forget that. They haven't gotten jobs. They've gotten out of the military and they've gotten entirely new careers. And, uh, and that's what this Project Reload Network and family uh, does. We'd we love to introduce you to it if you want to be part of it. By the way, you can go to our website and donate as well. It's a 501c3 charity. The fees that you pay to do a Project Reload mission as a corporate participant are 100% tax deductible, as would be donating us even a few pennies on projectreload.org. Maybe too, what I was about to say about, you know, donations, um, because even if somebody, you know, not on the employer side, not on the executive side, not on the veteran side, everybody has a reason to go to projectreload.org and make a donation, support the awesome, awesome work that you're doing. And thank you. Thank you for all that you have done for your service, for your continued service. We are grateful for it. Angel, any closing questions, comments, concerns? Uh, I'm going downstairs to have a bunch of tequila. Is that what the conversation with Christian has done to you? Pretty much, yeah. But he's, um, he's, I think he's more of a brandy scotch guy anyway. Hang on a second. I'm going to go out there because it's, it's the end of the show. So we can do this. <laughs> I'll oh, do a placement. Actually, I, 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 my tastes are very simple. I, I have very, very simple. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I, you know. I get a thousand comments just on this, but it's it's that's all I drink. Um, no, I just want to thank Christian for, uh, for everything he's done and everything he continues to do. And, um, the one thing I want to highlight, um, is if you have, if you're an executive and you want to take your entire leadership team or, or uh, several member of them and really, really, um, supercharge them and really give them the tools they need to, to, uh, optimize your company, Project Relo is the one you want to call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Um, Christian, again, thank you. Thank you for joining thank us. You. Thank you for all that you continue to do. And Angel, back over to talk about next week. So next week, one more time about, uh, about Monica. Can you tell us uh, one more time? Next week is Monica McNeil, Gold Star mother and uh, former uh, senior VP for Nordstrom. And then she went and she was the uh, vice president for an organization called Four Block, which is a, a military uh, transition program under uh, Columbia University in New York. And uh, they're really, really partnering up veterans and teaching them how to be good, how to be more desirable and attractive to corporate uh, partners and uh, get those careers similar to what uh, Christian was mentioning. So it, it was a fantastic experience, and uh, I, I was lucky enough to do that as well. So I can't wait to have Monica on here. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person and great soul. Yeah. And I don't know about you, uh, about you, Angel. Well, Christian too, why not? But um, I think that people should, uh, should click subscribe. How about you? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I definitely. Like, click, let me get down. Don't, top, but don't click it twice because then you unclick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Well, thank you both. Have a wonderful evening. Looking forward to episode forty-two uh, with Monica McNeil. And uh, again, uh, thanks for all that you guys continue to do. Thanks, Christian. It was great having thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Yeah.